How is everyone today? Going well? Ready for the word? I'm just going to get this thing sorted out and then we'll be right. Here we go. Here we go. You know, just as we were worshipping this morning, um, I just there's nothing wrong with just being silent at times. There's nothing wrong with um, not making any noise. Because it's in, that, in those times where you're silent that God can speak. You know, I was quite often reminded, this, this is just, this is, it's got nothing to do with my message this morning, but it's just, I feel that it's important that as, as Christians, as, as our relationship, with, as we begin to build our relationship with God, it is important to take those times to be silent, to be silent. Because if, we, if we're just praying and we're just talking and talking and talking and talking, God's going to have no room to talk. So I just want to encourage you this week, as you're praying, as you're um, worshipping, just to don't be afraid of the silence, but just to allow God to speak in those, in those silent times. You'll be, you'll be surprised what you actually hear. If you're unsure that God is actually speaking to you and you, have, you feel like you haven't heard God's voice for a while, you'll be amazed what you'll actually hear from God just by stopping for a little bit and just actually being silent. So I just wanted to encourage you with that word today. Now, <clears throat> today as I was sort of, or this week as I was preparing for this uh, message, um, I wanted to continue with the theme of um, keeping Jesus as the center. Now we as a church at the moment are, are, are talking about keep, keeping Jesus at the center of what we do, centralizing Jesus, Jesus being our main focus. And so I want to continue on that, on that sort of theme. And as I was reading this passage that I'm about to read out, God showed me three aspects that uh, we as believers need to understand. And uh, you might be thinking as I'm talking that you might have already heard what I'm about to say, but I believe that from time to time we need to remind ourselves of the importance of who Christ is and how important it is to actually have him as a part of our everyday lives. So we're going to read from uh, Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. And we're going to read from verses, verses 15 through to 22. And if I was to give a title to my message this morning, I, I, I cheated a little bit because there's a little title above this scripture in my Bible. And it is, Christ is Supreme. Christ is Supreme. So that, that is the title of my message so I, I sort of stole that from the Bible. That's all right because it's the Word of God. So uh, that's all good. So yeah. All right. So we're going to read from Colossians chapter one, verse fifteen. It says, "Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created, and is supreme over all creation. For through Him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things that we can't see, such as thrones." kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything. For God, in all his fullness, was pleased to live in Christ 
And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. This includes you who were once far away from God. You were his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought, brought you into his own presence and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. How awesome is that? So as I was reading this scripture this week, I just want to pull out three aspects about Christ that we, we need to continue to understand as Christians today. And the first aspect that I pulled out was that he is God. So number one, he is God. He is the visible image of the invisible God. In the amplified version of this, scrap, of this, scripture, of this scripture, in, in uh, chapter 1, verses 15 to 18, it says, He is the exact living image the essential manifestation of the unseen God, the visible representation of the invisible, the firstborn, the preeminent one, the sovereign and the originator of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created and exist through him. That is by his mighty, by his, sorry, that is by his activity. And for him, verse 17, and he himself existed and is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is, controlling, he is the controlling cohesive force of the universe. So this passage is saying that Christ existed before and was a part of creation. All things were created through him and for him. That's what it says in the New King James Version. He sustains everything. He holds all creation together. So he is holding all creation together, as it says in verse 17. I want to turn to Hebrews chapter 1 now, and from verses 1 to 4. In the New Living Translation, it says, Long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. And now in these final days, he has spoken to us through his son, God promised everything to the son as an inheritance, and through the son, he created the universe. The son radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God, and he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. When he had cleansed us from our sins, he sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. This shows that the son is far greater than the angels, just as the name God gave him is greater than their names. This passage is saying that, that God is, has spoken to us through his son. Again, it's saying that this pas- uh, again it is saying that God created everything through Jesus. I love what it says about Jesus in verse three of this passage. The Son radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God, and He sustains everything by His mighty power, by the mighty power of His command. See, everything that Jesus did while He was here on earth showed the character of the Father. You know, Jesus did not just live by the Word of God 
He did not just speak the word of God. He is the word of God. He is the word of God. John 1, verses 1 to 5, in the New King James, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of man. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. In the beginning was the Word. All things were made through him. The word is Jesus Christ, the eternal, ultimate expression of God. You know, I know it sounds like I'm just repeating myself here, but I just wanted to show everyone the importance of Christ. The fact that he is God. He is God. And the fact that he is the beginning and the end. It all starts with Jesus. It all starts with Jesus. And God has shown the character of himself through Jesus. The Father has shown his character. God the Father has shown who he is through his son, Jesus. Let's have a look at John chapter 14. I'm just going to flick there. John chapter 14, verses 8 to 11. And this is Philip talking to Jesus here. It says, Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. That's a pretty, uh, you know, good, ex- you know, reasonable sort of exclamation question type thing. This is Jesus' response. Jesus replied, I have been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am. Wow, that's a pretty full-on answer there. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does his work through me. Verse 11, just believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe because of the work you have seen me do. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. That's a pretty good response from Jesus. And... uh, As you read up a little bit in uh, verses 6 of this passage, Jesus is saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one can come to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, you would know who my Father is. From now on, you do know him and you have seen him. So if you know Jesus, you know who the Father is. Because Jesus... Reflects the glory, uh, like he is God. He is God. He is God. He who has seen me has seen the Father. The Father and I are one. So that highlights my first point that he is God. He is God. He is God. So the second aspect that I want to look at out of this passage, number two, is Christ is the head of the church. Christ is the head of the church. And in verse 18 of Colossians chapter 1 in the Amplified Version, 
It says, He is also the head, the life source and leader of the body, the church. And He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that He Himself will occupy the first place. He will stand supreme and be preeminent in everything. I love what it says here. Christ is the life source and leader of the church. He is the life source of the church. We are, as believers, we are the body of Christ. And we need to allow Jesus to be the head of the church. And also over our lives. We need to allow Jesus to be the center of our lives. We are his body and he is the head. So we need to fix our eyes on Jesus. Ephesians 1 verses 22 to 23. I know this is a lot of scripture this morning, but I want to highlight my points through God's word. So uh, bear with me. Ephesians 1 verses 22 to 23 in the New Living Translation. It says, God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. It is made full and complete by Christ. God has put all things under his authority and he is head over all things. He is head over all things. The church is his body and is made full and complete. It is made full and complete. Colossians chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. It says, For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So you, are all, so you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. I'm going to read that again. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. He is the head over every ruler and authority. Romans 12 verses 4 to 5 in the New King James Version says, For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. And individually members of one another. You know, when you give your heart to Jesus, when you actually accept Jesus into your heart, you actually become part of his body. You actually become part of the body of Christ. And as the body of Christ, we need to keep our focus on Jesus. God has appointed him as the head over our lives. You know, like... Like our physical body, now, now bear with me, I'm not a doctor, I, I don't know much about the human body, I just sort of have one. Uh, <laughs> but at, like our physical body, your head, you know, your head has a brain in it, hopefully. 
And your brain sends messages to, say, my hand or any other part of your body. Your brain sends a message to that part to actually perform the function that it actually needs to do. So if I want to grab this bottle of water, my brain is sending a message to my right hand and my arm to reach out and grab this bottle of water. Right? So like our physical bodies, we have a brain, we have a head that actually sends messages to actually tell what the rest of the body parts actually need to do. Now we need to allow Jesus as the head of his body, which is the church, and who knows that the church isn't a building, it's a group of people, it's a group of believers. So we are his body. We all have a different part to play. So we're not all doing the same thing. So God has called us individually to do different things to build his body, to see his body extend, to, to, to grow the body of Christ. So we've all got different functions to play. So we need to, we, 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 we need to tap into the head, which is Christ, so that we know individually what he wants us to do to build his church, to establish his kingdom. Jesus is the head. He's the one that is sending his messages to us as his body through his Holy Spirit to actually tell us what we actually need to do so that we can see his kingdom grow and be established here on this earth. We need to continually listen to what Christ wants us to do. And I love what verse, what verse 18 says in, in the first chapter of Colossians, how he says, how it says, He is first in everything. He is first in everything. And if we are to grow as a church, if we are to see his kingdom be established here in the Adelaide Hills, we need to make sure that we are actually focused on Jesus. We need to keep our focus on the head. He is the head. He's not the foot. He is the head. And the head, he is him and the Father. He, he, he came here to do the Father's will. And now he has given us a commission to make disciples, to go out and make disciples. How you do that is up to you because you have been given a different gift. You've been put in different areas of your world, of our world. So I might reach people in a different way to what you want. You might. But God knows who you are because he formed you and made you. So if we listen to what Christ wants us to do so that we can perform our function, we're going to be able to see the people in our world changed. Because it is he that does the changing. And if we're listening to Jesus, if we're listening to our head, we are actually being obedient and we are actually seeing his will be done here on earth because we are actually obedient to what our head, Christ, wants us to do. He needs to be the center. He is the head of the church. He is the head of the church. Number three, number three of the, the, uh, out of this scripture is through Christ, through Christ, God has.
has reconciled everything to himself. Through Christ, God has reconciled everything to himself. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ, and through him God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. This includes you who were once far away from God. You were his enemy, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions, yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. And as a result, he has brought you into his own presence and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. He has reconciled you to himself. 2 Corinthians 5 verses 18 to 21 in the Amplified Version says, But all things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ, making us accept, acceptable to him and gave us the ministry of reconciliation so that by our example he might bring others to him. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself and not counting people's sins against them, but cancelling them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. That is restoration to favour with God. So we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were making his appeal through us. We, as Christ's representatives, plead with you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. He made Christ who knew no sin to be judicially be sin to judicially be sin on our behalf. So that in him we would become the righteousness of God. That is we would be made acceptable to him and placed in a right relationship with him by his gracious, loving kindness. Whew. We were once separated from God. Do you, rem- like, do you remember that? I know I remember that in, our, in my life, and it wasn't a, you know, I don't know how I can do life without God now, because it's been... So I was, I was lucky that I was only nine years old when I gave my heart to Christ. And uh, there have been times in my life where, you know, it hasn't been easy. There are times where I haven't relied on God enough. There are times where I've, I'd hate to admit it, where I've walked away. But... Because of Jesus, and I've given my heart to Jesus, I've been made right with God. I've been made right with God. And I, and I don't know if, if, if any of you don't know Jesus this morning, but he wants you to come to know him. You know, sin, through Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, sin separated us from God. And Believe it or not, we were born a sinner. We were born into a broken world. We were born into a world full of sin. And, you know, we're not perfect. We're imperfect people. But because of Christ, because of what he did on that cross, he has made us perfect. He has made us in right standing with God. All we need to do is just ask Jesus into our heart 
and accept him as our Lord and Saviour. And we are made right with God. We are made right with God. And I thank the Lord that he has done that in my life. I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for Jesus. My family wouldn't, my, my family that I grew up in wouldn't be where they are today if it wasn't for Jesus. Because of that reconciliation that took place. It was only God that did that. It was only Jesus that did that. It was only Jesus that did that. And he wants to do the same for you. He wants to do that to the people in your world too. He wants to reconcile people to God. Christ was the offering for our sin. He endured the penalty that we deserve for our sin so that we would become the righteousness of God in him. The New Living Translation in the passage of Scripture that I read out in Corinthians says, so that we would be made right with God through Christ. It is Christ that makes us right with God. Also in this passage of Scripture, it says, because of what Christ has done for us, God has also given us the task of reconciling people to him. In verse 18 of that Second Corinthians chapter 5, we need to let people know in our world that God loves them. We have the ministry of reconciliation. We know that from the first two points that I've shared so far, that Christ, he is God. He is the head of the church, which is you. He is the head of the body. And that he wants to reconcile through Christ. He wants to reconcile people to him. And we have the responsibility today as believers to reconcile people to him. People need, to, need Jesus more than they ever know. You only got to put the news on. I know when I put the news on, I can't watch it too much because it, 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 it's very negative. It's very, the, what's happening in the world today is crazy. We, oh, my human mind cannot comprehend what, why people would do what they do and all that. But we need to understand that God today, as much as he was back in the time that this scripture was written, he is still wanting to reconcile people to himself. People need Jesus. People need Jesus. We are saved today because of Jesus. Romans 5 verses 10 to 11 in the New King James Version says, For if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God through the death of his Son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. We are saved today because he lives. Because we serve a God who lives, we are saved today. Because of his death and resurrection, we are now able to have a relationship with God. We are holy and blameless as we stand before him without a single fault. Because he lives. Because he lives. One thing I believe we need to remind ourselves is that he's no longer in the grave. We serve a living God. We serve a living God. Unlike other gods that people serve in this world, we serve a living God. 
He defeated death. He defeated death when the, t- when the stone was rolled away. He defeated death. He has overcome the grave. He's, whew, that's another message altogether. But we are saved today because Jesus lives. We are saved today because Jesus lives. Through Christ, God has reconciled everything to himself. So today, as we reflect on this scripture that I read out in Colossians, we need to understand. I know, I know some of you have been believers for many years, but I believe we need to understand the importance of Christ in our lives. The importance of Christ in our lives. We need to remember what this passage of Scripture says about our Lord. He is God. Christ is the head of the church. And through Christ, God reconciled everything to himself. I want to read verse 23 of Colossians chapter 1. And it says, But you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. I'll read that again. But you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Don't drift away from the assurance you received when you heard the good news. I'll repeat that again. Don't drift away from the assurance you received when you heard the good news. The good news has been preached all over the world. And I, Paul, have been appointed as God's servant to proclaim it. We have been appointed as God's servant to proclaim the good news. You know, as I read this, it it really when I when when these three points jumped out at me, and it was only God that revealed these three points to me because in my own understanding, I probably wouldn't have come up with it, to be honest with you. But it really shows that Christ is supreme. He is ruler over everything. Our God is greater than everything. He is greater than anything that is in this world. He is greater than anything that is in this world. Our God is good. As a group of believers, we are his church. We need to remember he is God. Christ is God. He is God. He is the head of the church. And because we have Christ living in us, we have the task now of reconciling people to him. Like I said, I know it sounds like I'm repeating myself here, but we need to keep Jesus in the center of all things that we do. So much more now than what we've ever had to do before. So much more now than what we have ever done. We have so much opposition in this world. I know know it doesn't seem like it compared to other countries, but we do have 
opposition. We need to understand that our God reigns supreme. People need to know this Jesus that we serve, this God that we serve. And we as a church need to keep him as the center of all things. He is the center of all things. Let's just stand for a sec. Mighty God. I just want you to bow your head and close your eyes for a second. And I just want to ask you this question. First of all, I'm going to see whether there is anyone in this place that does not know Jesus this morning. My Bible says that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he has risen from the dead, that you too will be saved. And so I want to give you that opportunity this morning that if you don't know Jesus or that you have been away from God and you want to come back to him this morning, And give your heart to Jesus. I want you to raise your hand where you are. I also want to talk to another group of people. And that that group of people is... uh, that you have heard this message and I'm going to ask you to be vulnerable with God this morning. And there's no one looking around. And, and I want to ask you this question. Have you lost sight of making Jesus the center of your life? You may have been walking with him for many years. You may have only just come to know him. But I want to ask this question. That have you lost sight of the fact that Jesus is the center? And if that's you this morning, I want you to be vulnerable with God and I want you to raise your hand. There's no one, there's no one looking around. This is between you and God. This is between you and God. And I know this can be hard to admit at times. I know in my life there have been times where I haven't put Jesus at the center of things. But I want to give you an opportunity this morning just to repent and and ask the Lord to forgive you. Mighty God. Mighty God. Mighty God. Lord, I just want to pray today. I thank you, Lord, for what you have done. I thank you, Lord, that you are the leader of this church. You are the head of this church. You are the head over us. I thank you, Lord. I just pray, Lord, that you will just help us, Lord, to understand what we need to do here on, on, on this earth. I just pray, Lord, that as we...
begin to walk with you this year, Lord. That we will begin to see people in our world that need reconciling to you. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you give us the words to say to them. And I pray that we can be obedient as your people. To be able to have confidence that what we are saying to them is your word. Help us, Lord, to be your body. Help us as a church to outwork the things that you want us to do here on earth. Let your kingdom come and let your will be done here in this place, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Our God is greater than everything. We serve a mighty God. And you know what? I just want to we just want to spend a bit of time in worship just before we close. And I just want to spend a bit of time just to just to have a bit of time with God. Just to have a bit of time with God. So I just want to encourage everyone just to worship. Just to worship. We've still got another five, ten minutes before the service finishes. I finished a little bit earlier. This is all off the cusp now. But I believe that we need to worship. We need to worship. So let's just worship. Let's just begin to worship our God. Mighty God.